Welcome to ADD Masterminds. <laughs> I'm here with Jeff Dornick. Hey there, how's it going? Good. And we also have the Theosaurus Rex. Greetings all, it is I, the Theosaurus Rex. Hey, Jeff, this is your first time meeting the Theosaurus Rex, isn't it? No, actually, uh, I, I, went on, I, went on, I went on his podcast one time, so oh, that, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we we're looking to do a sequel at some point. I just haven't got back to him. <clears throat> oh, the sequel! Yes, <laughs> gonna be. I gotta figure like it out. Everything... Somehow it's gonna be called the Electric Boogaloo. At some point. Yeah. The... Where does that come from? Like I I keep thinking it's Five Iron Frenzy, but it can't possibly have just come from Five Iron Frenzy. One hundred. That's that's where my that's where I first saw it, and then now I just see a bunch of people using it. I'm like, I know those aren't all Five Iron Friends. Five Iron Friends? Is that what we call Five no, Iron Friends? all Five Iron fans. Five Iron fans? Because we should call them Five Iron Friends. Five Iron Friends. I like that. Just take off the e- just take off the Y at the very end? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that That's works. marketing. Little yes. little free marketing for you. Um, Reese Weatherspoon. No, it's not Weatherspoon. It's not. Roper. Reese Roper. I know who uh, you are. We're good Apparently friends. in 1984, there was a movie called Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Oh, that's where it came. Did you just Google that? I did. Wow. Dude, I, I was going to be I impressed if even... that came off the top of your head. And, it, you know, <laughs> and then you Google it. And... <laughs> and I, I didn't even hear the clackety clack. I need to hear some uh, clackety clack, Theo. Okay, let's see. <laughs> I love the clackety clack. That's oh, my favorite. All right. So, um... Theo, you added to ADD Master List um, yes. tithing while employed by a church or donating to a nonprofit while be paying, being paid by that nonprofit. Um, so you're kind of questioning whether you need to. Is that kind of the question? Yeah, it's kind of the idea. Like, um, so, so I, I'm a, I recently during the pandemic took a job. And I'm, I'm now a pastor. And yeah. I was just talking to our church secretary and I was like, Hey, so uh, in lieu of giving money this month, I bought these things and I will give them to the church. And, um, this is a whole long, it's a long story short of it. And then we were talking about the fact that like, okay, if, so if the church gives me money and then I tithe back to the church, would it not have been better just to not take the money? Because then you wouldn't have the 20% or so taxes taken out of it. So in theory, they could get more money by paying me less of me not tithing than if I tithe based on the money that I have directly back to the church. Dude, so they only pay you like 90% instead? No, I have no, they pay me a hundred percent well, hundred percent of what we agreed upon. But then I started thinking about like, well, what how, I'm supposed to tithe, but then maybe no, I don't. That's what tithe. I'm saying. What if they only paid you 90%? Well, then wouldn't that be my new normal one hundred percent? 
Oh. Dang, son. Mind blown. <laughs> so we determined that I would donate in non-monetary ways or in different ways. So that okay. way we didn't lose the 20% or so in taxes. I, I've, got, I've got a question on that. Did, yeah. did, the, did the Apostle Paul tithe? I don't know. Okay, because I'm I'm just curious because you know because they always they always talk about like uh you know the you know they're worthy of their wages and right. and everybody would always give to Paul but then was Paul given back to those those local churches that were tithing and you know helping to support his his ministry? I'm I'm curious how that how that would play out. Well, did they even like tithe? Like they gave of themselves, they gave to each other, but I don't yeah. think there was even like that. Oh, you got to do that little tax to the church thing. It well, because the, the, so the ten percent of... was the Old Testament, right? Yeah. yeah, that that's not a New Testament thing. No, nope. correct. Now you're supposed so, to just give what you feel. Yeah, so do whatever you want, Theo. There okay. are no rules when you become a pastor. Yes. Unless you're that guy. Was it Carl Lenz? Turns out know. there are some rules. There, yeah, there there are definitely some lines you don't cross. Uh oh. The rules are there are no rules. No. <laughs> well, that was good theology today. Um, oh, hey, uh, so I was listening to this podcast. Uh, it's called Matt and Kevin Talk Church. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Not. Nope. But uh, shout out to Pastor Matt tw- 40. Pastor Matt 40. That's two T's. Um, he's, on, he's on the Twitter. Um, ah. But he said something really cool. And I don't know how much I can elaborate on it, but he, w- he said we emulate the wrong characteristics of God. And so when we worry, it's like we're trying to take on a characteristic of God that we shouldn't. We're planning the future. We're, we think we know the future. And it's like, no, 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 that's not a characteristic of God we should have. But when you talk about God is love, it's like, oh, that's a characteristic we should have. He actually said he's going to do an entire episode on that. And I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Well, you know, you know it, it, it is interesting when you, when you start getting into uh, some of those things where, like, like I, I totally get that mindset of, like, when you begin to worry, again, you know, the thing is that with God, when, you know, obviously when he's looking into the future, he knows, he knows what's going to happen. He controls everything. We obviously don't, but it's like we still feel like we need to control everything, and I think that that's where the worry comes comes from. And at a certain point, you're just gotta you're just gotta be like, dude, that's not anything I can even worry about. I can't control. Can't do. I cannot do anything. So what what good is it? It's where I end and God begins. Oh wait, no, God is everywhere and God is everything. It doesn't work. Or <laughs> you give up your. But but if I was a pastor, the rules are there are oh, no rules. Yes. It's just like that Little Caesars commercial. I don't know if y'all remember that. Where there's like, I'd like to, there are no rules. There are no rules. And then like he starts to take his shirt off and the guy's like, put your shirt back on. He's like, there's one rule. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay. You you got more to add to that? Yeah. Emulating the wrong. Are there wrong characteristics of God? Wrong for us to take on? Yeah. What, What would some of those be? Um, all-knowing. Well, is that a characteristic that we can... Like, shouldn't we try we, to learn as much as we can? <laughs> well, it's like we're emulating his ability 
to know what's going to happen in the future, that's when it's problematic. Okay, okay I can see um, that. It but know like... as much as we can, yes. Um, being worthy of other people's worship, that'd probably be a bad one. Unless you're a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there, there, are, there, there are no rules. Are no... <laughs> <laughs> this did... has got to work into the title of this episode. Not, so not that, unless you're a pastor. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I could just see, like, so, like, judging, like, we're, you know, we're supposed to judge one another's fruits, but we're not supposed to judge, like, the heart and our salvation and whatnot. So I could see, like, we shouldn't assume the characteristics of God and then act as though we have them. Like, we don't have the internal knowledge of the people's hearts, but we should. This Okay, that's when I got to think about. Okay, hold up. I got to I'll ponder on that. In my own you know time. what? You know what, Theo? Your um, bananas look a little underripe, sir. Wow. What <laughs> <laughs> does that even mean? Why? Why? I don't know. I don't know. That could mean anything. Don't think too hard about it. We there sure are there to... are no rules. There, are, there you go. <laughs> Means whatever I want it to be. <laughs> All right. When someone does something wrong, but you're the only you're the one they wronged. Okay, wait. When someone does something wrong, but you're the only one they wronged, and your seeking of justice can be considered vengeance. Are you basically saying like so if if you're the only person wronged in this scenario, you trying to seek justice? Is vengeance, or are you saying it could be perceived as vengeance? So that was written while I was watching the child suffering, and it hurt my heart. And I, okay. I saw. It. Um, so the idea is like if someone does something wrong to you, and then in your attempt to seek justice for that, it it can be seen as vengeance. So then, how do we kind of deal with that? And I have an example if y'all want to hear one. Oh, I want to hear it, buddy. Okay, there we go. There, woo! <laughs> so let's say that um, uh, random scenario, you have a, um, a deacon, not a pastor, who goes uh -huh. and yells at someone in the congregation. Let's say you for, in this example. So, okay. and, and that is, un, and this is not the first time that they've done this. So it's not just like a one-off thing. Just, just a minute. If he was a pastor, that'd be okay, because there's that's, no rules for pastors. That that crossed the line. I mean, that guy, church discipline, get rid of him. <laughs> okay, keep going. Well, and so so this deacon goes and yells at you, and um, in this example, and so then you're moving to get them taken out from being a deacon because they have broken rules, and this isn't the first time they've done stuff like that. Could be considered vengeance as opposed to doing like an objectively what you believe right thing to do. So the question is, should you try to get other people to do that or should you take the lead on that and try to get them fired, quote unquote, from their deaconship? When it will obviously be seen as like you're just taking vengeance. So as the person that was yelled at, is it yes. me that should seek justice or should I just hope that someone would do it on my behalf so I don't appear to be seeking justice or vengeance? Yes. Yeah. I would say, like, for me, when you talk about, like, Jesus' teaching of turn the other cheek, I'm like, my question with that is always, is this just about me, or is it bigger than me? Is this, is this a guy who I believe, if I don't stop him now, he's going to do this to someone else? 
Mm-hmm. Because if it's if it's if he's not going to do it to someone else, it was a one-time thing. I can turn the other cheek, no biggie. Yeah. But if I I know that this is going to continue and it's going to be a problem for other people, then yeah, I'm going to seek justice. And I don't really care if people think I'm being vengeful. It's that doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, what's what's interesting, I, th- I think, with that too is, is I think on one hand you 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 could be doing that in order to protect other people. I, I think mm-hmm. on the other hand, we we should also be looking at how do we bring that deacon back to a, lo- a loving relationship with Christ? Because, because mm-hmm. clearly there's some unrepentant sin. And when we're yes. dealing with like Matthew 18 kind of things, the whole point yeah. of of going through the Matthew 18 process, I think a lot of people see that as like vengeful or you're getting revenge or it's just about punishing the guy. It's like, no, this is actually to bring the guy to repentance, back mm-hmm. into fellowship with the church, back into fellowship with yep. Christ. And I think that that's a really important aspect too of – Maybe it's not our first. Our first response should not be let's go get him fired. Our first response to it should be let's go to that deacon. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, what's going on here? Like, like how can we pray for you? Like, this is something we got to work on. Now, if he's completely unrepentant and he's like, I'm gonna yell at who I want to yell at. Yeah, you should probably get the guy fired. But if yeah. he's like, okay, I'm struggling. I'm going through a lot. Show him some grace. Show him some mercy. Let's let's kind of go through the process and work with him. I think a lot of it kind of depends on how he responds to. That's fair. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, anytime my little girl is upset about anything, I always say, do you want me to punch them in the face? Yes. And so she had, like, a nightmare one night, and it involved our trailer somehow. I don't know, something bad about the trailer. And I was like, you want me to punch the trailer in the face? She's like, yes. (laughs) And you come back with a broken hand, like, ah. And and that was the night you went to the hospital. Yeah. (laughs) Free health care, though. But we don't get political. The old switcheroo thrift store replacement. What that, Theo? Yes. Okay. So let's say thought experiment here. Uh huh. You and um, the people you work with have put in a pool, and you have, let's say, like like you've pulled together money for like a Christmas present, Uh or and let's say an underprivileged family. You Uh go to the thrift store and you buy a couch. Uh huh. And when you get the couch brought over to your place, you realize, wow, this couch matches my furniture and thing. And I actually like it a little better than my current couch. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you look at your current couch. And, hmm, this, there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't think it looks as good as this other one. Is it wrong to switch out the couches? Because in theory, they're both used couches. They're both very good quality. You know, let's say they're relatively comparable. They just different style, different colors, and stuff like that. Because in theory, the under underprivileged family that's getting it is getting a used couch that you purchased. Does it matter so, if you... So you went to the own? thrift store to yes. buy for the needy? Is that what you were saying? Yes. But then you decide to switch it out, and... If they're equivalent, I don't see a problem. Now, what if... now? They're relatively equivalent. The thrift store one may be a little bit nicer, but it's not like you're not getting like a bad one. Would it be wrong to use your money pooled to give yourself an upgrade and give the other people an upgrade? Okay, wait, where did this money come from? It was pulled in with your coworkers. Okay, yeah, this is where it's getting like, no. So no? No. And I mean, with your pooled coworkers too, I would clear it with them if, if I was switching the couch to begin with. Okay. Even what if, if they it would is never equivalent. Know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I just think it's more honest. Plus, like, if they come to your house, or or they go to the other person's house and be like, "Hey, this couch used to belong to you." What crap! Oh, crap! I, I, I've got to go switch a couch. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys watched The Crown? No, I have not. It's, I have to it's find about a censored my... version, apparently. What? Allegedly. Oh, I guess there is like there was nudity. I think in the first season, there was some boobs in the first season. But um, was about it, though. No butts. I don't think there were any butts. No man butt. Yeah, I'm <laughs> no man butt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. So, so I was watching this episode. It's like season three, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, it's when the man, like when America goes to the moon, right? Mm-hmm. And Prince Philip is just like his eyes are glued to the TV. And he can't stop obsessing about going to the moon. And um, they have a new priest at his at his church. And this new priest like is coming to him and saying, hey, I want to start up this like it, I want to rent a house and I want to be able to have priests come over to this house to rejuvenate and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like just super jaded about the priests and all this stuff. And. And he goes, he goes and like the priest basically makes him come and join these, you know, come meet these guys because he's their landlord now. And he's just like, you know what, guys, if you want to rejuvenate, why don't you like go to the moon or something? <laughs> like instead of just sitting around talking about stuff, go to the moon. Like, look what these guys did. They went to the moon and he's just so obsessed with it. Right. So then he gets an opportunity to meet these young men that went to the moon. So it was like Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy. I, yeah. I would hate to be that other guy. It's like nobody <laughs> nobody has any idea who you are. Everybody loves Buzz Aldrin. Everybody's talking about every but that other guy, it's like it yeah. could be anybody. He's like the third Beatle, you know? It's like what's yeah. what is Ringo doing there? Anyways. Um <laughs> Oh, everyone knows Ringo. Yeah, but all his songs sucked. Um Back up Boogaloo? We can all agree, right? No, Octopus Backup Boogaloo started. was the bomb. Ooh. What? <laughs> Backup Boogaloo. Oh, I, I don't know that song. How's it go? Sing it for me. Backup Boogaloo, rim backup. It was awesome. Oh, actually, that song's not bad. Yeah. Anyway, okay. sorry. I'm going to have to reassess my whole life now. So, you should. So, so Ringo was no longer the other Beatle. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe That's that other that astronaut dude. did some cool stuff, too. But anyways, yeah. um, so he, he meets these guys and he's just being all like he's he's prepares these questions he's got for them because he wants to ask them, like, what was it like? And he wants to get all philosophical and intellectual about it. And when he talks to them, they're guys in their 20s. And it's like, what were you thinking? And they're like, well, you know how it is when you're flying. It's like you got to pay attention to your checklists and everything about these guys when he's talking to them are just so basic and not exciting. And they achieved major things because they were so focused and boring, <laughs> you know? Hmm. And it's like, it's not this huge thing that he thought. And so then he has to come back to the priests at the end of the episode. And he's just like, I got to apologize. Like, I didn't understand what I was talking about. And I'm in a... I'm in a spiritual crisis right now. And he's like, he's having this like midlife crisis. And he thought the answer was to go to the moon. 
when in reality it was to actually sit with those priests and talk. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. A much less sexy solution, isn't it? Yes, just a few. Just a little bit. Oh, it's beautiful. All right. Hmm. Six-week lockdown, canceling church. Where's this? This is where you live. Yes. Well, potentially. Okay, without getting political. Uh-huh. Um, how do we do this? Give... Okay. My, I was <laughs> I talking with one I know, of my you friends. brought this into it. It's not my fault. I was I talking with already, but I was talking with one of my buddies, and uh-huh. um, he was very anti um, obeying lockdown. Right. And um, him and I got like, like, you know, hey, it's the law of the land in Georgia. You're not allowed to leave unless it's on emergency. That that means you cannot go and hang out with your friends as long as yeah. you don't get caught. It's morally yeah. wrong to do that. Um, so yeah. then his um. So anyway, so if we go into a six month, a six week mandated lockdown, which um, one of the the candidates has said that they they want to do when they first get in, um, so the question is, do we meet? And so so then, so then sorry, then continuing on. So me being a pastor, um, if we're not meeting for six weeks or whatnot, then you get like the whole thing of do we do we try to meet or do we not or do we do online stuff mm-hmm. and um, do we, if there is a mandated thing and then like we, um, someone really needs to talk and they need to talk in person because whatever, let's say there's like an emergency, like a suicide type thing um, oh. going on, like what are some of the responsibilities that like someone who is a pastor, but then also then us as Christians to one another? Because that's one of the big problems with lockdowns is like people with mental disorders or mental, think they're struggling with stuff mentally, like suicide, depression, stuff like that. At what point, if there is a federal lockdown for non-essential uh, personnel, do we as Christians have a responsibility to break that um, to help out our fellow Christians or fellow humans? And is there, at what point can we, because, you know, the whole thing with Romans 13 is that like, hey, unless it's a law against Christianity, you need to follow it. We have to follow, obey the laws of the land. Right. Um, so... I wanted to kind of throw all of those things out and kind of like my whole like scatterbrained process with it and like kind of ask what you guys think in turn, especially, I guess, targeting the fact of what if there is somebody in need who is really struggling with something and maybe they're not about to take their lives, but they're just struggling with dark thoughts and they want Mm -hmm. someone to be there um, for them. And so it may not necessarily be a life and death situation, but it is a situation that it would be significantly better if you were there and then violate the law to do that does that make sense are, yeah i think there's multiple ways to meet this because you don't necessarily have to be right there in the same room as them mm-hmm. you know like there can be a screen between you like there's a bunch of different ways to do this so that you're not just like you know licking their face right, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> see, see that, so, that, that that was my primary concern was was the was the licking of the face. So yeah. I know. Yeah, you know I'm how you... I'm fond of going to the Walmart and licking people's face because I'm a licertarian, but oh but we don't get political, <laughs> sorry. Yes, yeah, um, <laughs> Well like in a I... situation where like how it was in um the other time, you were not allowed to leave your house. The the only exceptions were for medical reasons if you um 
were getting, you know, essential goods to survive or like for like doctor's appointments or whatnot, but you weren't supposed to leave your house outside of those reasons. Yeah. Or like if your work required it. Well, like to me, this too is kind of like, well, what is, who, who's the potential person that's going to get harmed by this? Yeah. And so if you're already on lockdown and right, like, let's just assume all of this is serious and this isn't just like, you know, politics. Right. right. But it's like, okay, so, so if we're talking about the actual transmission of a disease, um, you go to visit this person who's suicidal, you're putting your life at risk. You may be putting their life at risk, but they're suicidal to begin with. Yeah. You're basically laying down your life for your friend. Mm. Now, if you are still seeing other people regularly, you're now putting their lives on the line too, right? Yeah. And so that's the other thing to consider. But if you're able to contain it so that it's only you and them, then it is honorable. But if you're starting to expose an entire community, it's like, all right, why are you doing this? Yeah. I think that makes sense. But I think anyways. Yeah, I don't know. It, you know it, I, feel, I feel like for, for me, it's, it's a whole different ballgame, but um, I, I can't really um, dive into it because that would be going political, especially if I'm out, <laughs> yeah, I'm out here know, in California. I mean, you know what we, I've start? Sorry, we, go ahead. We, 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 we have not uh, had in-person church. I think it went about, what has it been, six months, I think it is, out here in California. So, you know, you're talking six weeks. It's like, we're out here. It's like six months. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, that's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I haven't, um, been to, I haven't been to church in person in that long. Um, I guess since March, for however long that is. Is that the six-month mark? Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, out out here, out here, uh, lock, lockdowns began on my birthday. It it my birthday was yeah, a blast. I remember that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah, um, yeah, no, but it's like so. I mean, like with us, it's like when September rolled around, it was kind of like, well, let's see how the numbers play out and all that stuff, because yeah. my wife teaches, and uh-huh. she goes to school with my daughter. And then my two boys go to high school here in Airdrie. And then I, like next week, I'm going up to like further north than I already live um, to like an oil field site, right? And so I'm basically traipsing all over the province. Um, she's got like a whole school that she's exposed to. My boys have like a school they're exposed to. Both boys have been in close, you know, like they were in a classroom where someone was confirmed to have COVID. And so they've been sent home for 10 days. And Uh like, so there's all that, like, do I want to throw church into the mix too? It's like, I can't really say that that's worth it. Like at this point. Right. And so, so we were, we thought about coming back, but then it was just like, yeah. So, um, it's interesting though, because there's been numerous times now where I've I've had debates with people and it's about stuff that I'm like, you know what? I don't really understand this. And personally, I look at you and I don't think you really understand what you're talking about. Hmm. So this is what my answer is to people like that. Okay. Okay. I'm going to let people smarter than me and people who think they are smarter than me debate that. I like the think part. 
know. It's like you decide which one you are, right? Yeah. I don't say that though. I don't say let's decide because that's that'd be next level douchey. <laughs> what was yes. I, I, can't, I can't remember what I was listening to, and it was like maybe kind of like maybe kind of like a Zen thing, you know? Like sometimes there'll be like these people that are all like spiritual Zen, new age, new agey or whatever, which I, I'm sure we're all into, right? But, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's but, uh, it's, it's so, wide up my alley. I'm, I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were like saying that they were talking about inhaling and exhaling, and how you know we all need time to inhale and we all need time to exhale, and it's like introversion is like a moment of inhaling, whereas extroversion is is exhaling. And I was like, that's kind of interesting to see it as breathing. Yeah. Hmm. Breathing's cool. I like breathing. To breathe. Is, I prefer breathing. To, breathing to breathing is too. pretty cool. I, pre I prefer to breathe over not breathing. <laughs> yes, given the chance, I would breathe every time, if possible. Maybe that'd be a good like. Uh, that'd be a good Facebook post for me. It's like, can we all just agree that it is better to breathe than to not breathe? Well, I guess it also depends on who is feeling gaseous at the time. Because there are times where it's like, hey, maybe I don't want to breathe right now. To, bre on. to breathe or not to breathe? That is the question. <laughs> hey, have you ever noticed that when people like want to share a few words, it's pretty much always more than a few? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, that's pastors, man, because there's no I, rules. I'm like, I'm just going to share a few words, and then it's like they talk for an hour. That goes right along with the whole, hey, hey pastor, just, just, can I just have a minute of your time? It's never Ooh. actually a minute. No, oh, is that never. is that what people do to pastors? Yes, oh. well, they they do that to everybody. But but yeah, pa pastors specifically because you know it's like, hey, can I just come in just just one minute, just one minute? It's all it's all I need. And then three hours later, and they've told their entire life story. You're like, I agreed to a minute here. <laughs> you ever yeah. you ever listen to that band EDL Everyday Life? They're nope. like a Christian rap core band, right? <gasps> and there's there's this one. Again? What was that? Have rap core still exist? People still oh no, no, this was like nineties. Um, <clears throat> oh, okay. They, I, I remember reading somewhere that they claimed they invented it before Rage did. I don't know. Mm. I'll let um, people smarter than me and people who think they're smarter <laughs> than me debate that. Um, <laughs> nice. But, but anyways, they did this song, and it's like it's got like this just like guitar playing and stuff I like got. And he's like, excuse me, sir, can I just have a minute of your time? But then it just gets more and more intense. And he's like, just one minute. <laughs> yeah, anyways, it's a great song. How, 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 how many minutes was that song? Oh, it was more than a minute. I think you've got, I think you're onto something. Uh, we, we, might, we might have to do some Matthew 18 there. Yep, well, that's like, sure. that's like be there in a minute. Nice. You know, like when people yeah, say I'll true. be there in a minute, it's like, no, it's going to be a lot longer than that. Don't lie to me. You will not. Hey, at, le at least when you messaged me to, to say, uh, you know, if I'm hopping on, I was like, I'll be, I'll be on in a few minutes, and I, and I believe I was, I was right at the cusp of that few minute mark. So I, I'm, I didn't I'm... even time you. So okay, well, I, I well, was good. I was just enjoying hanging out with Theo. Yeah. Now, nice. I will I say, I feel left out now. Well, should have <laughs> <been> on earlier. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, it's all good. Um, so I, I, I was told once that Theo and I have chemistry. So, oh, that's the we wrong did a song together. You heard the song, right? Don't at me. 
I think I heard the song. Yeah. From the no, unstaged. That, no. No, yeah. no, wait. It wasn't Don't, wasn't at, don't me. at Me. Dumb. No. It was Kitty Litter. Kitty Litter. Yeah, Litter. Yes. Uh oh. It's after the chorus. Let me introduce you myself. I'm Theosaurus Rex. <laughs> Dude, it again, I'm, I'm, dude, again, I'm feeling like all left out. I didn't do a song with you. What's up with that? Oh yeah, we gotta do that. <laughs> this just gets better and better. I was okay. gonna say that, unlike that one band that you just mentioned that lied about taking a minute of your time, uh, Reliant K did have a song that just, I think it's called like Eight Seconds, and they're just, I just wasted eight seconds of your life. Yes. Have you heard that song, Jeff? Yes, I have. Reliant, so Reliant K is pretty, pretty awesome, I gotta say. That's a great yes. song. All right. Hey, you know, I was thinking about, like, um, there's a lot of language in Christianity we don't think too much about. Um, like, as when I was a worship leader, I would use that time to, like, actually explain the songs in between, which <laughs> was probably either awesome or, like, really annoying for people. But um, so I was thinking about like I was actually in worship and this is one of those things too. like it's, it's different worshiping at home. I find I'm not yes. big on like I'm going to sing to the TV right now. But um, there was a song that talked about banners and I was like, what, what's the deal with banners and worship songs? And so I looked up what was the meaning of banners, you know, biblically. Yeah. And it's like a a banner was used to identify whether someone was a friend or foe. Um, it also signaled specific attacks or retreat by flying flags in specific manners. They indicated where the battle line is. And they also identified allies. I was like, dang. So like waving a banner, when we say we wave banners, it's like I'm identifying who my friend is. I'm signaling we're moving. This is where we're going. Um, and I'm identifying that this is my ally. Beautiful, hey? I think yeah. it is. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Just enhancing your worship, yo. Well, and see, like that that that's the thing is I feel like a lot of times we we sing those worship songs and we have no idea what we're actually singing. We're just singing yeah. it. Like it sounds good. Uh, but it was interesting. I m remember uh, there was this guy, Jeremy Kingsley, and uh, he, was, he was he was one of my favorite camp speakers growing up. And I've still kind of kept in touch with him. And he's now writing books and doing all this kind of stuff now. But I remember I remember one of the things that stuck with me, and this is probably going back 20 years now. But literally, I remember I remember him saying he's like, when I'm singing a worship song, he's like, I, I physically do what I'm singing because he's like, otherwise, I feel like I'm lying. So like when it's saying, <laughs> you know, I raise my hands, if you're not raising your hands, kind of lying to god by saying that you are and so he's like he's like i would literally like it's talking about bowing down it's like i get down on the ground and bow it bow down everybody's looking at me like i'm crazy i'm like but dude yeah. i'm just trying to be honest yeah exactly that's well, a it's very like, interesting point do you remember that song i will dance like david dance yes when the spirit yeah. of the Lord like dudes we all gotta strip <laughs> down to our underwear and dance <laughs> <laughs> And Micah's all like, oh, David, you're embarrassing me. Again. Micah was such a killjoy. She was. She didn't no. understand that with David, there were no rules. He was practically no. a pastor. He was practically. Oh, my goodness. It's ca no. It came full circle. It did. <laughs> now, I'll say that they, um, when I was in seminary, one of the big things that they mentioned, especially like when we were talking about um, 
like for children's ministry and whatnot, they're like, hey, so now if you're picking out songs, you've got to think about like, you know what the song means to you. But like, can you just imagine like a little kid and we're over here singing, are you washed in the blood? Like, what is, what is the picture that they're thinking of? They're thinking of people taking a bath in blood. And that's not what they need to be thinking about during like worship time. I mean, I it's like, pretty oh. gross when you think about it, right? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It is a fair point. It's a very fair point. I think it's weird for anybody. It's just we're so used to it because we grew up in the church. Like, it's like, drink my blood. It's like, what? Ew. You can imagine, like, the, like, disciples were like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah, why are you? No. No, Jesus. I'm not going to do that. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, we just went there. God of what about the God of Jacob? And I'm like, what's the significance of the God of Jacob? You know, and it's like God of heel catcher, God of imperfect. It's like Jacob was a jerk. I'm like, that's cool. The God yes. of jerks. <laughs> the God of liars. Like well, well, it. I mean, it. It is kind of a reminder. You know, going going through pretty much the entirety of the Bible, God chose kind of the imperfect beings. I mean, maybe that's just a representation of the fact that God didn't choose the best among us. He chose the worst among us. And, you know, you know, I, you know, when you look at scripture, I mean, David wasn't the best guy either. I mean, you know, like he's killing people and sleeping with people and killing people to sleep with their wives. And I mean, you know, he, he's, he's, he's the God and King of David. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to, to consider. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, I, I think what's really cool too is like when you think about it, it's like God opposes the proud. Right. Mm-hmm. And so every one of those people had to have their moment where they need to be humbled before God. And I think that's something we forget sometimes. And when we become arrogant, we become proud. It's like you realize that that is going to become a barrier between you and God. It's like there's no room for pride. It's like the very acceptance of salvation requires that we say, I can't do this on my own. And if you're proud, you're never going to say that. And so it's like, that's why God opposes the proud. It's a very good point. We're we're, we're getting deep into the gospel right now. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I just had some other thoughts here. I was like thinking... He's the only one that's completely worthy of our praise. I mean, that's what worship should be, is the acknowledgement that he's the only one completely worthy of our praise. And it's easy for us to be dazzled by creation, but that creation is only a fraction of what the glory of God actually is. That's that's a very, it's a very good point. And it's also it it also too, you know, I'm getting uh kind of flashbacks of, you know, like when I when I was a worship leader too. And and at a certain point, you know, it you know, it it w- I kind of kind of it kind of came to a realization to me as well. It's like, I mean, obviously you you don't want the focus to be on yourself and the in the band and all that kind of stuff, but then at right. the same time, how much of your production of music, how much of your stage production, how much of your lights, how much of it is keeping people looking straight ahead instead of looking up? And and right. for me that that was a, that that was a very difficult thing to try to figure mm-hmm. out. Okay, how do how do we play music and play music well, but still point people away from us? It, it's a very yeah. strange thing. I think that's a very difficult thing for worship leaders to have to you know figure out for themselves. 
Well, I think well, that's... To- that's kind of like what we were looking at too with like John Cooper making this big post about um, pastors shouldn't be rock stars because it's the same kind of thing. It's like pastors are here to teach. They're not to draw everybody to their dazzly, to their sneakers. They're not, they're not supposed to be on the stage to impress everybody with their sneakers. And I'm like, I liked his point, but then at the same time, I'm like, why is a rock star telling everybody this? Like, this is stupid. This is like a millionaire that's saying, pastors should not be millionaires like me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I, it's weird. So it's like, but I, I feel like a lot of art, and I really think ministry is the same way. It's like, if you're going to truly be good as an artist, if you're truly going to be good as a minister, um, you need to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And let whatever you're doing speak for itself. Let whatever you're doing fulfill its purpose. So as a musician, man, I've seen some worship leaders that just blow my mind. Yeah. Because it's so easy as a worship leader to have that persona and have that great stage presence. And it's like, that's awesome. But it's like to, to I don't even, can't even explain how they do it. Because there's one guy at my church that's just especially good. And he reminds me of Daniel Bashta, who's Ooh. one of my faves. I know, yes. Theo, you, you've met him. Um, yes. He but, used to be the worship leader at my church. Yeah. And so this guy, it's like when he leads, he gets, cl- you know, crowd participation. He's like, yeah. come on, you know, and he gets some clapping and stuff like that. But it's like the whole time, you don't feel like it's about him. And it's really kind of that deliberate removal of self. And you can sense it. It's that that humility in how you approach it, and you're able to just get out of the way and allow your work to speak for itself. And I think that anything we do should be like that. Yeah. It's like, how do I remove myself from this scenario? Well, and like, so um, I'll be leading worship at my church um, the first Sunday of next month. For the first time in a very long time, I've been able to lead worship anywhere. And um, so one of the things is like where I was talking to the pastor about it. And it was like, because he, you know, so our pastor has a degree, an, an operatic degree and like has like multiple degrees in music and stuff like that. And he lets people up there who don't have that uh, same training and uh-huh. stuff like that. And so then like when we're talking about like, so how do you you know, determine like who do you let up there? What are your kind of your thoughts and stuff like that? Anyway, that's a side, that was a side, a side note. Sorry. Um, but I'm going to be leading it. And one of the things that I think differentiates me from some of the other people is like, and, and I, cause I've tried to be on certain worship teams and it just, we are, our personalities and theories and stuff like that just didn't mesh between me and the other people. Cause like part of it's like, I'm up there, but I'm really just worshiping along with like everyone else. And it's yeah. like, so I'm singing the songs and I'm worshiping and like, I'm not going to go in and like, so I play the piano. I'm not going to go in and play like 10,000 different chords and try to spell out each different note and stuff like that, you know, spell out by, you know, playing each different note because that distracts me from being able to worship. And I don't want to be, be there up there performing because I'm supposed to be like leading you in worship in the sense that like we're walking on the same journey. I just have an instrument and singing. And so that's a tricky thing. Cause like, I think this is similar to like um, acting. Um, and like a method actor will be like, if I just feel it, the people that are seeing me perform are going to feel it too. And 
I think that there is a level of performance where you somehow project it onto the congregation. And I've thought like the best posture of heart for a worship leader, it's my opinion on this anyways, just from what I've done, um, is a posture of intercession for the congregation. Mm. Then you're actually projecting it to them, but you're also not really performing so much. It, 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 it totally it totally makes sense you know it, it, I, feel, I feel like there's this fine line of figuring because i because i grew up always hearing you know worship leaders always always justifying their extremely showy performances and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff by saying you know like we we're we are you know holding ourselves to the highest standards in order in yes. honor of god excellence and, but then excellence and you and at a certain point you're just kind of like okay cool but by doing that you're doing the complete opposite and making it about yourself. But then again, is that just me projecting that onto that? It's this weird kind of cycle of figuring out what's right and wrong. And at, at a certain point, you're kind of like, is there right and wrong? Are yeah. there any rules? <laughs> well, so if you're there to serve the congregation and help them connect. And yeah. so it's like, what's the best way to do that? Is it through just sincere worship? And I think that's where Theo's at. It's like if I just worship sincerely, I believe that'll be enough, right? Right. And I think like for me, when I think thought about excellence, I'm like, okay, well, when people start saying excellence, I want to punch them in the face, you know, just for my daughter. Um, but like I'm I'm kind of like, well, this is you're you're focused on the wrong thing here. Like to me. It's not like, and I think people say excellence because we got to honor God for who he really is. So we strive for excellence. And it's like, yeah, I don't think God cares that much about how technically good we are. But when I think about playing the wrong bass note, my fear is that I might have distracted someone from worship. Mm. And so I'm like, I don't want to make those mistakes. But you know what? I'm going to make mistakes. I haven't played bass in a while now, but I always made at least one or two mistakes in every set. And I was always like, you know what? 99% of the people didn't even notice. Yeah. And so it's like, you kind of get over yourself at some point and you're just like, and it's like, and I mean, part of it too is like with performance, there's always people that are like, oh, that was so good. And your first inclination is to say, Actually, I screwed up this and this, you know, and it took me a while to get to a point where I was just like, thank you. That's all you got to say. And like, I think even this whole like, oh, it wasn't me up there. It was the Holy Spirit. It's like, (laughs) no, no, dude. Now you've like taken it next level. Like you think you're being less prideful by saying that, but. No, you're talking about like next level spirituality in saying that, right? Like, it's well, like, it, it, well and, and then also on top of that, you're like, so you're saying that was the Holy Spirit that made you mess up that chord? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I have this, I have this friend who is like, he said, when someone comes to me and says, God wrote this song and gave it to me. And he said, like, what I would say to them is like, well, I think you should give it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> you should uh, give that back. Now, with that said, like I've had um, 
a lot of conversations with my church about excellence versus perfection. People are like, you're a perfectionist. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm seeking excellence. And like my thought with that and the way that I've described it is like, you know, perfection is hitting every note correctly. It's hitting every chord right? You know, you don't make mistakes and like, that's your goal, like perfectionism, like that type of thing. But to me, excellence is, hey, we've, we've done our best to practice. We've done our best to, um, and we're up there giving it our best. And if we miss notes or start a song off key or whatever the case is, then that's totally fine. As long as we're giving it our best and we've done work beforehand to make sure we're not just standing up there randomly type thing. And that's kind of how I differentiate it. Yep. So even if yeah. it's not perfect, that's okay because we're, but we've at least done our best to try to, you know, we've said, hey, God, we care enough about this actually put in some effort beforehand. Yeah. You have done your due diligence. Well, well, let, try well, not let, to make it suck. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> well, let, let me throw this out there because we are talking about worship. And this, is, this has been something that I've been considering myself uh, for a while is as a worship leader for me, I would look at specifically, okay, what did these songs say? And we were kind of talking about lyrics earlier and and mm-hmm. like and that sort of thing, right? And so one of the things that I've noticed as a worship leader is that the majority of the songs that we sing to God are us telling him what we're doing for him. And, I, and I, for me, <laughs> in my mind, I'm getting this image of like this little kid going to their mom or, or their dad, and they're saying, mom and dad, look what I look what I did for you. Aren't I great? And I'm like... <laughs> Is that really how worship should be? Or should our worship be, God, how great you are, not yeah. God, how great I am? Because look at me. I'm raising my hands. I'm bowing down. I'm going to live the rest of my life for you. It's like, is that really the way we should be worshiping God? Look at me, God. I'm dancing like David in his underwear. <laughs> I think it's good Okay, that's my... the title of the episode, Dancing Like David in His Underwear. I like it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> This is going to have to be explicit over on uh, on Apple Podcasts. You need to watch out. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I you know it's funny too because when I think about like serving God, I I think a lot of times that it's like you know when you have like that three year old you know that's like, hey daddy, can I help you sweep the floor? And I'm like, yes, that would be really helpful to me if you swept the floor because you do such a good job three-year-old no but i'm like super gentle and i'm like yo yeah that would be awesome and then he does it and then he goes and plays and then you re-sweep the floor and i feel like that's a lot of times what serving god is like is we kind of feel like all right i did a thing and he's like yeah you you, good job and then when you're gone he's like all right i'm gonna fix this now And we just think we're doing such amazing things all the time, but it's more like he's giving us opportunities to have the joy of serving him. And I feel like that takes a lot of the pressure off too. It does. We're like, all right, well, just have fun with it, guys. Dance like yeah. David in underwear. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, more, it's more about doing it than it is doing it perfectly. It's just, it's, did you go through the fact, did you have the right attitude? Did you try? It's like, okay, cool. We're good. God, mm. God's in control. He'll take care of the rest. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is that, that song, All His Promises Are Yes and Amen. Um, I guess that song, I think about it, I'm like, like the Pentecostal kind of charismatic thing. They always talk about God's promises. And it's like, God's going to fulfill his promises he gave you. And it's like, okay, okay. 
what are these promises? Like, how do you know that God promised these things? Because <laughs> you're going to be really disappointed if you got the wrong promises and he doesn't fulfill them. And it's like, oh, dang, looks like God let you down there, dude. Good old dude. I don't know. I'm just like maybe a little jaded in that worship because I'm like, OK, <laughs> so what are his promises? Yeah. Um, like his promise that he'll be with us. I'm like, OK, yeah, that's a good one. His promise that I'm going to live in California. No. That's everybody's you dream. Don't want to, no. You don't want to live in California right now, and I'm not no, going to get political. Right <laughs> you can't even go to a beach right now, can you? Uh, well, um, well, technically, yes, depending on which part of California you're in. Uh, by next Tuesday, we're going back to the purple tier, which means everything is fully shut down. Beaches, I wouldn't be surprised if we're closed down here pretty quick, pretty soon. Why are they going to use colors, hey? Like, why not just numbers? You know, it's like this is level five. And level five could be, like, really bad or it could be really good, you know, like, depending on the scale. I mean, Cause, like, I mean, yeah. Because, like, 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 murder, like, murder, like, murder in the sixth degree, probably, probably not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you, I don't know. You gave the guy a paper cut and then he inadvertently died, you know? I, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> it's a good point because you you don't you wouldn't you wouldn't go like murder in the purple degree. So why why are we doing this with uh with with lockdowns? Murder in the purple degree. <laughs> sounds like a great song. It does. In the purple degree. Dude, I, I, I want royalties in that one because I came up with that lyric. <laughs> All right, hey, um, you know, like when people talk about harvesting souls, like, do you find that a little creepy? It's like, Ugh. we're gonna harvest souls. The harvest is ready. <laughs> I feel like that should be like a, a extremely creepy movie. <laughs> With the creepy evangelicals dancing like David. Oh my goodness! In their underwear. In their underwear. <laughs> Dude, this could be a this could be a pretty epic horror movie of uh, <laughs> harvesting souls. There's no rules. Yeah, no rules. <laughs> do you guys um? Do you guys rank your friends? Yes. I have the rank of friend besto, which is not to be confused with the rank of best friend. The rank of friend what? Friend besto. F R E N B E S T O. Friend besto. Ooh. So how, who do I have to kill to get that job? Um, well, currently it is it is taken by someone. So you'd have to kill that individual. I, I always think of that with the royal family. You know, like, um, you know, like it's like, uh, think about it, like Prince William. I'm like, so Prince William would have to kill his dad and his grandma and then he gets the throne. It's like yeah. a Shakespeare kind of way of looking at it. There, there, I mean, there was a, there was this great Broadway musical, and I totally forget what the name of it was. But the whole that was pretty much the entire premise. It was this guy who was like eight people away from the throne, and it was it was a comedy about him going going through and having to kill each of his siblings in order to get to the in in order to become king. But every every single time he showed up to off one of his siblings, uh, they accidentally died, and so he basically went to this whole thing where he intended to off them in order to get to the throne. 
but he ended up not actually doing it, even though they ended up dying, even though he was intended. It was this very strange thing, but it was absolutely hilarious, and I'm totally blanking on the name. But That sounds yeah. phenomenal. They were, like, all murders in the sixth degree. Or purple murders. I they were purple levels, yeah. They, they, they were purple murders. <laughs> purple murder. Oh, man. This may be the weirdest episode ever. I love it. Um, it's ADD masterminds. This is what you get. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Like best friend, I, I always find it funny when I, I know adults who have best friends because I'm like, so you rank your friends? Like why? Where do I rank? You know, just get all insecure. But um, there was this coworker, this coworker I had, and I was saying to her, I'm like, so do you rank your friends? And we got into this conversation. And I'm like, so am I your worst friend? And she's like, no, no, there's this lady and she's just such a pain to me. So she's like, she's my worst friend. I just can't stand her. And I'm like, so I'm your second worst friend. And that became my nickname. Oh, that's so oh, there's sad. my second worst friend. I'm like, Yay. you know it. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I feel left out and I, I kind of feel like I, I because I don't rank my friends, but I feel like yeah. now talking to you guys, I should. <laughs> Well, I think like you just kind of got to get like groupings of them. So you'll have like some friends. Just, Jesus had his inner circle, and then he had his disciples, and then he had the normal plebs. So, so are you saying kinda... are you saying that I'm not being like Jesus by not ranking my friends? I'm neither saying nor or not saying that. However, if I did, that'd be okay because I have no rules applied to me. Dude, you are lucky that you're a pastor. I gotta say, I, again, I, I th these these rules they apply to me, but not you. Yep. Oh my goodness, it's awesome. It is a beautiful thing. I had something about soul clinging, but I don't even know what that is, so I'm gonna skip it. It I sounds kind of creepy. About your soul no. too. It, it's it's the yeah. sequel to the to the harvesting of souls. Yes, like they're being haunted. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know where I heard this, but it's like it's the ship that chooses the captain. And like and so I was thinking about like, I guess maybe along the lines of calling or like what kind of I, I guess artistic endeavors we go on. It's just kind of like, yeah, no, no, it chooses me. Like, I guess one chooses the wizard. I think, you know, like when I think about like uh, wax museum and like conversations that need to be had, I feel like. Topics just choose me. I'm sure you feel the same way too, hey Jeff. Like with your podcasts, it's just like, I don't know. This is just eating at me, and so I need to talk about it, right? Yeah, ex exactly. It, it's 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 all rooted in this belief of Calvinism. What? Why are we Jeff. talking? I thought we weren't talking about damnable heresies. Or <laughs> I, thought, I thought we weren't talking about politics. We can talk about damnable heresies all day long. Oh, so okay, never mind that. All <laughs> people smarter than me and people who think they're smarter than me debate that. <laughs> What about pastors? There are no rules. They can debate anything. Oh, there we go. Cool. Oh, in that case, let me talk about politics here for a second. <laughs> I'm not a you're pastor. Not, you're I'm not, not a allowed pastor to talk on about this it. podcast, Theo. It's not my fault. I'm sorry. Wait, my pastor immunity doesn't work on this? <sighs> pastor immunity. Pastor immunity. That's like... Uh... Who's the five hour friends? <laughs> yes. Dude, did didn't Five Iron Frenzy come back? They did. They did. Are they still around? 
Yes, they just I just uh their second Kickstarter for their second album after they came back um just finished like within the past couple weeks. Nice. What when, when, once we're allowed to go to concerts, um I I want to see them. Yes, they're very fun. I really enjoyed seeing them in concert cuz I didn't I really got I got into them around well um with uh Quantity's job number 1. And so then I was doing all the it was all cool but I never got to see them until on their reunion tour after you know they broke up and came back so they're very fun to watch cool yes 10 of 10 definitely recommend you guys got any other random topics you want to talk about before we close this sucker up i mean i mean not unless you guys want to dive into politics <laughs> <laughs> no we must ban it let me I love that this is a safe place for politics. I also find that like a lot of times I'll have people on ADD masterminds that we probably disagree on a lot of things. And it's yeah. kind of nice to have a space that's not political. Yeah, it is. there is no space. Like, like when you talk about like um, social media, it's like every, I guess, Instagram. I don't really see much political stuff on Instagram. Oh, my goodness. Oh, there, is lucky, a, there, lucky is a, person. there is a crap ton on Instagram. I'm just telling you, it just depends on which circles you're running in. Well, maybe, you know, I, I guess what's happening with Instagram, too, is that I mainly use it to post memes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not paying a whole lot of attention to what's going on there. So I will but. say I found a um, I st on TikTok. I, I was in a somehow I started being around the people who really disagree with me about Star Wars and they're really rude about it. And like they're really like super judgmental. And I was responding back, kind of correcting, trying to be like, hey, but what if they actually think this? And it's not really that they're just being, you know, whatever and whatever and whatever. And then I started seeing more of their stuff on TikTok. So I just started not replying to them. And I'm like in like a happy little like place. It might be like an echo chamber, but I don't care. It's just it's very soothing to just see funny political memes that I agree with, as well as Star Wars content that I like. And um, it's just it's glorious. I usually so. find TikTok pretty like pretty safe place like there's just not a whole lot going on there it's just people dancing and stupid jokes maybe i just have the right algorithm yes i need to find that's i'm starting to find my algorithm it's like you know when you find your person to marry you find your right tiktok algorithm i feel like okay here's the thing i feel like that is a brilliant name for a song find your algorithm <gasps> yeah. oh that's really good yeah well, we're it just be, like, it, hitting that, all the good stuff right now well, I, know, that, that, you, we, I think we could we could pretty much put together an entire album, I think, with with, with the one liners from this episode. Dance like David in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> There's like, have you seen the music video for uh, Wilder Love by uh, John Mark McMillan? I have not. Okay, the whole thing, the whole thing was shot. So it's like um, it's like your phone. You know how your phone is like the whatever you, you're using your phone upright. Ew. Um, so it's like narrow and tall and you watch it on your phone. It's cool. Right. But it's like, yeah. and it's this old man dancing in his underwear. It's great. Ooh. Well, well on, a, on a separate, but very similar note, have you guys seen the love Liberty disco music video for Newsboys? From yes. Way back in the day? I have, but I don't remember it. Okay. So go back and watch it. And there's a scene where a guy slides in on his knees down the middle of the dance floor uh -huh. and, it, and his pants rip. And, uh -huh. That guy is actually my pastor from when we were up in San Francisco. And he's like, that was totally accidental. 
and they kept it in the the music video. So he's in the music video sliding across the dance floor in his pants rip. Um, and that, that, that was my pastor. That's a smudge. Oh, I'm going to go watch that. Hurry up. Can we end this right now? I need to go watch that. <laughs> we can end it right say, now. Oh, hold up. I will say 24 hours of happy is the happy song with, um, you know, by Pharrell Williams. And like, it's just a, a 24 hour music video and it just repeats like nonstop, which like different people dancing each time. And it is so much fun to just have on in the background while you're doing stuff. As long as that song doesn't annoy you. It that would that that would annoy me. <laughs> this is so sad. All right. Well, thank you, fellas. It was good to hang out and not pop talk politics. Jeez. Nice. That was fun. Hey guys, dance like David in your underwear. Uh, catch you on the flippity floppity. Word. Air smudge.